Namaste, welcome everyone to Satsang uh, this morning. Good. Looking around, everyone looks quite fresh. So, good. Uh, I didn't realize so many people are still in the area, so we have a full room today. Very good, welcome those of you who uh, have just come. So, nobody wants to talk to me. Thank you. Hello. Good, good, good. Um, <coughs> something just feels moved, like to come up today and and to to express like like my heart's wish, like for freedom and a liberation. And yeah, and, and I, I don't want to hold back any any longer and hide or anything. Yeah. And and also like ask for your help and, and, and your guidance. Okay. What do you understand within your own heart freedom to be when you say, I want to be free? You have a sense of what you are. Um, like what that is the, the freedom, mm. like yeah. from the story of the, of the person, and then yes. taking the life so serious and mm. and being so caught up in it. Yeah. And and you know how it came about. You know how it came about. <laughs> how it came about that we got into this type of mischief. Uh, it, I feel if we understood, if we could break it down, it would, uh, by itself, in understanding clearly, it would help also. So before we say, I want freedom, oh yes, let's go and get it, let's understand how bondage or the sense of being unfree came about. Uh, when birth took place, uh, were you born unfree? So we're going to catch that a little bit. I want to start at the place where, um, without consciousness, let's start there. If there was no consciousness, there would be no world. We can be in agreement with this. Without consciousness, there could be no perception, because perception is fundamental to experiencing, isn't it? Because of consciousness, you come to know that you exist. Without consciousness, you don't know you exist. In that way, so that let's start at the fundamental place. Without consciousness, nothing is. Okay. Hmm. But consciousness, when we say consciousness, we need to understand even what this consciousness is. Because. Now, when we speak of our life, you are speaking effectively about our waking state, isn't it? If you are writing an autobiography, it would not include your dreams. It would not include deep sleep. 
It will include the life, the story of the life that took place between the waking up, the phenomenal waking up in the morning, and then up to the time you go to sleep. Whatever happens in that conscious period, we call this is our life, and that is all you're going to write about. So even if your name is John, you can only know of yourself as John for well. Let me see. If you get up at seven o'clock, what time you get up this morning? Seven o'clock. What time say you go to bed at ten o'clock? How many hours is this? Come on, mathematicians. Well, seven o'clock. I'm having different answers. Here. How many? Ten. How much? Nine hours. He said nine hours. Somebody says fifteen. That's a great difference. I mean, I don't know. Are you speaking about Sleeping your? Hours. Huh? Yeah, that's what I ask. You want to know? <laughs> How long is your life in the waking state? Each day, say about fifteen hours. So if only for fifteen hours. If your name is John, you will only be John. For 15 hours in what we call a 24-hour day, the rest you are oblivious to who you are. If somebody came to you in deep sleep and says, "John," it's quite unlikely somebody's going mm, like this, no. So, uh, in the waking state, the phenomenal waking state. I also said something that each day we wake up from the phenomenal sleeping. Uh, we wake up. Uh, we say we wake up hmm? uh, into the waking state. But to be truly awake, in the satsang sense, you have to wake up from the waking state also. Lost? No. Okay. So waking up means we wake up, and everyone wake up, and ah, uh, you know, John wakes up. And then somehow, even sometimes when we wake up, we are not immediately into identification or identity. When you have to, some people have to wake up during the night, breaking sleep to go to bathroom. If you have to do that, you don't need to remember your name. Gender, maybe you have to do. <laughs> So we can carry out these functions without picking up. Oh yes, you know any background, any history, you can do that. No. So it shows that consciousness is possible, and it is necessary if those functions have to be expressed. Consciousness must be there, but not necessarily consciousness plus personal identity. I'm really with you still. So I'm going. I'm just broadening it out so that as many. It can benefit from this question you have asked. With the arising of that consciousness, we know that, yes, although you can only be John for 15 hours of the day, approximately, you cannot say you only exist for 15 hours of the day, isn't it? They say you must exist unbrokenly. Something is existing. But for sleeping period, it effectively shuts down. Business closed. 
meaning the functioning of cognitive functioning, interactive consciousness is not there. Then the being can take rest. If we don't have this rest, then we don't function well in the waking state. So let's start. In the arising of the consciousness that announces itself in the body, the feeling, I exist, before even the words, I exist, or the thought, just the, the knowingness, our first conviction, uh, I am, I exist, the way in which we recognise, without being taught, we recognise that we are a living being, the sense, I am. You register your presence. From the arising of this presence, this presence itself is not personal. It is the pure consciousness. It even has no history. It is just consciousness. But as soon as it arose from the first time, let's say when it took birth, then a series of um, impressions are put towards it that it must uh, the tendency for every living human being let's start with human being is that this i amness this awareness some awareness something that knows it exists maybe in the very earliest child principle that knowingness has not really germinated properly it just is just reactionary, reactive to environment and so on. But as soon as it's able to perceive consciously, it's associated with the body, that it is the body. It needs the body. The consciousness needs the body in order to taste experiencing. You are following? We are good. So this uh, this this belief. This secondary knowledge, I am the body, <coughs> followed the natural I am, which is complete in self. I am. Am means to be, to exist. I is what? I exist. I consciousness am. I exist. This is what it means. Then this I exist, which is Actually, not even male or female in itself. The body is male or female body, but the consciousness is just consciousness, the sense of knowingness. Then that sense of knowingness gets also further associated. Now it is the body. Parents help it. It didn't feel it immediately. When a child is born, it doesn't feel I'm a girl. It doesn't know I'm a boy. It doesn't know oh, mummy. It doesn't know anything. It doesn't know uh, a doctor. But the knowingness came later on. So as soon as it uh, it comes there, gradually it gets associated with the body. Uh, also, name. Maybe the name also came. The name is not original, so the name came. Somebody thought of a name. Should I call him George or James or something? Then someone call him George after your father. Okay, then go George. Baby, don't know I'm George. Hello, George. Hello, Georgie. Hello, George, George, George. But gradually, that impression and the love associated with that impression it gets uh, stabilized inside the consciousness, 
and it gradually gets associated. I, I am John. It takes a while. Hmm? Some children, maybe when they are first going out, they are allowed to go out under the watchful eye, maybe distant eyes of their parents. They, what parents want to see how they behave if they go out. Hmm? So sometimes mother might write the name James or John on a piece of paper, put it in the pocket, because the child might get lost. If you get lost, somebody asks you, Hello, what's your name? <coughs> Boy. Where do you live? House. It's not going to be enough to find your way home. So those early things, they are put to you. And we gradually associate. Once the belief and the conviction, I am this body, stabilize, then other concepts can come in through the door of that identity. So I'm a boy. I'm, I am so old. Um, I live in this place. This is my mother. This is my father. This is my sister. This is my brother. This is my school. This this is my toy. This I like. This I don't like. Blah blah blah. And the whole superstructure of conditioning begins, and it's not stable. It keeps adding and subtracting as we go. So I'm starting here, no? Because I'm still with you. Okay, we're starting here. As soon as the consciousness is developed enough to be aware of itself, as in belief, I am this body, I am this particular person, and like this, it begins to actually, it seems as though it's developing something, but actually it's restricting something. It feels like it's developing, it's expanding, knowing more, becoming more and more. But on another level of pure consciousness is becoming restricted. The more you define, the more you confine. You create a groove. Are we with this or not? So this consciousness now starts to develop certain idiosyncrasies, certain desires for things. We don't know why. Why does this child, just born not long ago, want to play piano? I put all the instruments around here and wants to play piano. Where did that come from? Okay, we can go into that a little bit later, but we gradually start to develop things like, don't like, want, don't want, like this type of stuff. So like this, it's begin to show certain characteristics. It starts to have some attraction for some things, for certain things, that it develops a particular interest in those things, and it wants to enjoy those things and has some things that it doesn't want, it doesn't want to see those things. Okay, so very, very particular characteristics are building up there. Whatever it has a deep association with, a love for or a hate for, it will begin to experience thoughts around these things start to come like that. Just like uh, there are flies going around now because uh, it's a bit damp and the flies come. But if you want to see a lot of flies, find some poo. There will be a lot of flies there. Okay? So in the same way, wherever there is some strong thinking or some attachment or identification with something, there is going to be thought activity happening around that place. So I don't want to put it that just thoughts are just random, just any thought can be flying from anywhere and trouble you. No, it is a homegrown, slowly developing association, due to what we become attracted to. Whatever we are attracted to, we believe in, around that thing, certain kind of thoughts will come. And by the time it gets to a place where a 
the personalized form of consciousness begins to find that it cannot control its projections. They are too strong, too loud. It cannot turn them off at will. So it comes time to sleep, and the mind won't shut off, or whatever it is that may come. Or the relationship it creates with some phenomenon okay, is causing it trouble or grievance inside itself. It wants to be free from this. It gets entangled into something, it is attracted to something, and then it suffers from this thing. Or it aspires for something, and it cannot reach this thing. Whatever it is, it has this, this um, expectation, this aspiration for something, and the disappointment or the suffering from not having this thing, or this thing going away. And so this life becomes gradually more and more. There is a time when it seems that whatever you want, you get. And there is a time when it seems like whatever you want, you don't get. And uh, we think, Oh, why is life so hard? Why is it so difficult? I don't want this anymore, and so on, so on, so on. Because we have not learned how to read the language of the vital force and of nature. Because having been conditioned in a particular way, we are not. Uh, our consciousness is not widely able to move amongst all things. Only the things we are conditioned to identify with, to choose, and to prefer, like that. Now, Sri Ramana Maharshi, a great sage from India, he said something. I think last time I might have said it also, and it's important that I'm sharing it with you now. He said, "The eye." removes the eye, yet remains the eye. The paradox of Self-Realisation. That will need a little explaining, and I am going to do that. Again, the eye removes the eye, yet remains the eye. Of course, we cannot just leave it like that. Nobody is How many eyes are there? So, what he is pointing to is just, in a nutshell, what I have just been explaining. The natural sense, I am, hmm? It is not personal. It doesn't have the name George or John. That's not what it is. It's just the vibration or the intuitive sense, the divine sense in you. I consciousness exists. I am. It is the knowingness. You may call it the spirit of truth, the spirit of God. Now, to you now. Ramana said, I removes the I, yet remains the I. What it means? The sense I am, which is pure, it is pure, has to remove or transcend the influence of the I me, the I person, which it collects in the world. Its conditioning, its beliefs, its attachments, its addictions. Its aspirations, its life, its dreams, all of it. It must overcome that. It must transcend that. When it transcends that, it again returns to its original state. I have to explain a bit further. The eye removes the eye. Why did I have to get the eye in the first place? Why did the I am be pushed into the I me person in the first place? We cannot say that somehow the consciousness, which was pure, had to come into a world of diverse impressions. It has to navigate itself through this world of through the senses, 
the senses are going to introduce it to phenomenality, to, to things, is going to have a, come to appreciate some things as beautiful, some things as ugly. So the five senses and the mind also, which again uh, brings in time and change and attraction, repulsion, all of these things is going to be pushed into the field. Because when you came into life, you didn't go and sign up, can I have some the smelling sense? Can I have the seeing sense? I'll pay. No, it all came in as a package deal with this body. That the ability to you to have the senses and the mind, and that became our craft, this body. How you can sail this craft in this ocean they call samsara, meaning the ocean of life. Samsara actually means with suffering. But most people don't agree with that yet. So only at the later stage we may call it suffering. Before we call it uh, <laughs> beach. <laughs> okay? So uh, like this. So it's very important what I'm saying for you to understand what's happening, what's happening. So this uh, feeling I am, when it projected into the limited identity or localized itself into the state of personhood, it didn't lose anything of itself. Like if I have a candle here, from this one candle I can light one million candles without it affecting this candle. The I amness itself does not lose something of itself to go into the person. It remains always pure. It has the ability to do that. It identified now with body and with a sense of personhood and live life as person and wants this and likes these people, don't like these people and what this and, and develop in so many different ways. And each one of us, and us mean the whole world, have our very unique way of perceiving. Just like you go to bed in the night and you have a dream, and even if you're sleeping next to your beloved one. You cannot get them to tune in and experience your dream the way it is experienced for you. Fair enough? We cannot say, look, it's not like sharing headphones or something and all enjoy a movie together. Each person's dream is a very unique experience. I want to say that it's the same in the waking state. Each one's experience of the waking state is an entirely unique experiencing. Now you can say, yeah, but uh, you know, the same trees are there, and you know, a almond tree is an almond tree, you know, a banana tree is a banana tree. This is like this we can see. But, it's, but these are common things we're looking at. But each one is perceiving in a unique way. That's why I say there's one earth, but there are billions of worlds. A world meaning a psychological relationship with the earth. We are not just looking at the world in its elemental formation. It is to do we are seeing now through the filter of our own personal conditioning. Why you may like this thing and not like that thing. So each one, the world is a unique personal experience for you. Now can this unique personal way of seeing the world in each one a unique picture, and even in one body, the picture is changing all the time, also, depending on mood, depending on age, depending on so many things. Can we have one world where we are one being? 
in the highest order and any order, that we are living together compatibly. Uh, not really. Everybody has a lot of one person's hero is somebody else terrorist. How are we going to all agree? You cannot all. We will not meet like that. We may share certain large cultural, you know, conditioning, but in our specific conditioning, nobody is like you. Not even you are like you. You keep changing also, your own mind changing. What are we to speak about? The only advancement, truly, is when we rediscover our innate nature as pure consciousness. The stories that we, the, the way that we perceive, the, the, the language that we perceive through, the things that we see, all of this is like clouds passing. Let's take yesterday, for instance. Some people here cannot remember yesterday. You know, some people in this room cannot remember so yesterday. Uh, it's too far already. Some people can remember, you know, um, nineteen seventy-three, <laughs> and maybe can go through a whole day like a diary and say, yes, I had lunch in the morning, I had breakfast in the morning, then I met my grandmother, then we went to see this movie, and blah 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 blah. Each one is very very different. Yesterday, I would say, for most place. You could have had a moment like this, where you are seeing other beings. It was, it was a silent day yesterday, so I hope you wasn't um, talking, talking. But any other day, any day, whatever you are perceiving in that moment, when it's in front of you, and you feel a connectedness, especially. Uh, should I ask you to sit down, or you're okay? You're, you're strong. You're a young man, strong. You can stand for a minute. No? So, so we're good. Please stay. Please stay. So yesterday. Whatever you are, you are perceiving, especially whatever it is that you have a, an emotional connection with it, that thing, that may register for you strongly. But then, by the force of nature, all of that swims away. You cannot keep it. Even your favorite concepts, you cannot keep unbroken connection with them. By nature, everything is flying away. And something also witness the going of them also. Whatever they may be, you cannot be that, because if you were that, then when it went, you would also be gone. But something is here to witness. Ah, yesterday it was like that. Everything becomes a was. All the is becomes was in the phenomenal world, isn't it? We have something. Oh, I was feeling so beautiful. Oh, I was so wonderful. And then, but you know, when was that? Yeah, yesterday. It's gone, and now, now you can give a reading, but that's also soon gone. So actually, who is keeping the memory of the life of the world? What is the memory of the life of this world? It will only be some selectiveness of the strongest impression, good or bad, that are retained in consciousness. You see, when you come and you say now. Uh, I want to be free, and I ask you, what it mean? What it mean? Would it be anything similar to the statement I made, Ramana's statement? The I removes the I, yet remains the I. Why did it have to remove I? What is the I that needed to be removed? It is that false or imagined self 
that sprouted out of the pure I am feeling. Can you relate to what I'm speaking? Yeah. Can you see the importance of because sometimes yeah, I just want to be free, I want to, and even uh, even that one who is saying I want to be free also, something is aware even of this one. I've gone too far. That even the saying, oh, I want to be free, I want to be free, and so please help me, please help me, I want to be free today. And then I see you later on eating an ice cream and having a. <laughs> so uh, if, if it's only coming out of an emotional mood, it's, it's also past. I want to be free. Yesterday I really wanted to be free. If you really caught me yesterday when I was really, I was really hot for freedom, you know, if you caught me, and then I'd be, you know, Buddha today. But we didn't do it. And so, you know, I have to put up with the other stuff. You see how ridiculous it can look? So this yearning, I want to be free. I want to be free. It must begin to just be with you so much. Either it comes when our mental, psychological, emotional movements are feeling overwhelming. You can't turn off your mind. You want to be free from your mind, you know, incessant commentary and judgment and you know fears or whatever it is. Something just feels enough. I want to be free of this. I want to be free of this. Now I want to ask you something now. If a voice says, I want to be free from all of this Whose voice really is it? Is it the original sense of the I amness, which is just consciousness, the place that is aware of things, but is not the things it's aware of? Or is it the one who was born and developed and grew all these tendencies and so on? Who is it that wants to be free? The 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 who? <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> the second one. The second one. The second one. Second one. Which is the second one again? No? <laughs> the one who's having all the trouble, isn't it? The one who's experiencing like this and so on. Even saying, "I want to be free. I want to be free," and then, um, yeah, okay, come, 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 come. I said, I want to be free, I want to be free right now, right now. I said, Yeah, you want. Okay, could you meet me in half an hour outside? In half an hour, uh, sorry, Guruji, I've got to meet, uh, I promised lunch with my girlfriend. <laughs> but you want to be free, you know? <laughs> yeah, but after, after. <laughs> so, this one, how reliable is this voice? I'm asking a question now. Uh, how reliable is this voice? Not reliable. <laughs> Not reliable. Yes, you see, what knows that that voice is not reliable? You know. You see, something sees. You see, that you know. Please, please, please. And then, even while I'm talking, I've taken. You see, I didn't give him a quick answer. You know, question answer. No, I've been talking. Maybe by the time I'm talking, he doesn't really want freedom anymore. No? <laughs> It could happen as well, like you know, I've gone a bit cold actually, you know, I'd just like to sit down and have a coffee or whatever. Where's freedom? 
can we talk again tomorrow even? But the one in whom something is arising in you, that it is not just arising out of an emotional state. It is like something now has become very, very, uh, very present with you. Then this thing, it doesn't matter, even if you have to wait for a long time, it still doesn't go. Your mind is on it. And you're not just waiting. You will not just wait, you will be seeking. You know? If I say, you know, I come in one hour, and then somebody else come and say, you know, uh, one hour I take you for a ride of freedom, and then someone comes and in half an hour and say, uh, you want to ride freedom? But Guruji said it's coming one hour. You know, okay. You will wait or you will take the earlier ride? I don't know. I don't know. But now I'm saying, is it clear for, for you? Where is this one? I want to be free. I want to be free. The most noble request and, and desire. I wish to be free from the psychological, you know, pounding of my mind. I want to be free of this. Okay? You want to be free all the time or just right now? No, I, I just want to be free. I want to be free to be what I truly am because I know I cannot be this. Then this one tends to come to satsang. Hmm? Then in satsang, so many things come up, you see. So many things. Also, it's like there's a force functioning inside us that is not for freedom. It when you come and you are now in in, in a place where freedom is seeming like it could be a reality, it could be accessible for you. Like some energy is distracting your attention to go somewhere else. Have you felt it like that, anybody? Yes, it comes and it's like you know, it starts to bring up suspicion and superstition and fear and argument and judgments and you know all kinds of stuff. Now, if you are able to observe this energy, also, then if you can observe it, you will know you cannot be it. Whatever you can observe, you cannot be that fundamentally. So even this desire, I want to be free, I want to be free, and so on, that is observed from a place within you, the place where you are observing the desire to be free, is that place asking to be free. You have to stop for a moment and check in, because you may give me a quick answer, but it is an answer you have read. But can you see now? The place that is Something is saying, I just need to be free. I, I want to go home free. I don't, I don't want to go home like I came here. Blah, 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 blah. And it seems noble. And some people say, I've had this desire for a very, very long time. A very long time. Please, please help me to fulfil this desire. And I say, that which is aware of this desire, Does that have a desire? Can we put a little attention in that place, in which this desire or any other thought is coming, whatever it may be? It may say, well, somehow that thought has subsided, and even the urge to, you know, I want to be free and free, is is being replaced by a sort of 
a silence and just a, a sort of peace. If I'm not looking at the sensation of what my mind is telling me, you know, I have to do this today, I want to be free, and so on, but look instead of that from the place where that is seen. So we know the feeling, I want to be free. So don't just grab that feeling, just observe it and its sensation inside. Something is aware of that feeling. But it's not that feeling. Is that even a feeling itself, even? Is that itself a thought? I am asking. No. No? So just to check in that okay, from this place where even the urge, perhaps your deepest urge, you may say, is being voiced right now, but the awareness itself of that. Be the very awareness itself. Is it possible? Yes. Yes. Do you have to construct anything at all? So be in the place of just the awareness itself again. This is your I am place. Arising in your I am place is your I me feeling and its projections, its story, its life, which it is suffering. Okay? But that suffering and that identity feels almost closer than intimacy. You agree on that? And that's why we don't question it. When we feel, I'm having such a hard time, we don't question that. Could this be real? No one questions it. It's accepted, you know, that's that's just what it is. I can't help it. Some people get very emotional about it. But here I'm asking. Before this feeling came, you're here. Then this feeling came, you are here. When the feeling goes, you are here. No? As what are you here? The feeling obviously came and it deposited its vibration, no? And it was accepted as a reading. And then by nature it goes. And it is weakness to go. That which weakness it, does that suffer from it? And this is the beginning of your seeming release from your seeming bondage of it, if you pay attention to that. I'm saying all these things because we can have a little feeling that, you know, can I get realization of the self? Like fum 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 ah, thank you very much. And I'm showing you a very, very um uh a gentle, sometimes not, because you may find that as I'm trying to guide you to this simple looking, resistance is coming up. Maybe it's also distractedness, because this is one of the one of the 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 real qualities or the real characteristic of the deceiving mind is just you can't concentrate, you can't hear what I'm saying. 
It is possible. I'm speaking, and for somebody there says, blah, 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 blah. The mind, blah, 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 blah. And you're going, you need translation? And you speak English? It happens, it happens. Your mind can do this. Your mind can do this. It can also produce a headache like you have never had before. Some people experience their first um, what's this big bad headache called again? Migraine. migraine. Yeah. Maha migraine. They have Maha migraine in satsang. Suddenly a healthy person come to satsang and you start to sing, yes, you know. And uh, now look what is here behind you. Oh, they have to leave. I said. And I've seen it many times in, in, in my life, um, sitting, sharing these things. Or just suddenly they have to run to the toilet, or, or they have to, you know, somehow the, the phone starts going and uh, something is like urgent, 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 you, or something will happen. I want you to know this because life plays like this also. Hmm? And that it will take on the shape of your strongest impression inside. Where fear may be in there, and the fear is that somehow um, you are you are going to experience something that distasteful. Mind puts this, or you are going to vanish. You know, you came here for peace. You didn't come here to disappear. You know, and oh my God, can you slow down? You have to get out of this place. All these things, but it is good also that you are aware of them. Because believe it or not, throughout our life, we have been experiencing subtle, subtle suggestions that put you off, subtle things, and it seems innocent, like that. You know, I don't want us to be afraid, you know, because uh, actually these things totally are nonsense. They don't really exist. What do I mean? They don't really exist. I mean that if something exists as a truth, then it is not an opinion. It means for everyone. If you say, you know, this thing here is horrible, then everybody will find it horrible. Okay? If some people think, no, I like it, then it means that the horribleness is not in the thing. No, nothing exists in life with a fixed meaning. The meaning of anything is in the mind of the one perceiving it. You must also understand that. You see, so we are experiencing life very subjectively. Life is largely opinions and imagination. It's fine because consciousness likes to play. He likes to play. Played all this thing to not just have fun, but also to have suffering, to taste all of it, and then somehow to use its inherent power to discern, to come back, to wake out of his own dream. And this this simple statement, which I say, the I am removes the I me person, 
and remains again in its original blissful state of I amness. Removes the person what it means. Removes the belief, the identity, the fixed identity of personhood. Once it has transcended this identity, it can go back and actually the identity becomes very superficial. It's not like somehow you know you have transcended, you have understood it now, and then after one somebody calls, Hey George, hey, don't call me George. Call me the great I am. No, no, it doesn't need to say anything. There's George saying that. There's George saying that. Okay? It can be whatever. You can be totally natural. In fact, people who go around saying, Oh, I'm awake and I'm liberated, it's natural. Really, it's natural. Something becomes very quiet within you, but not fixed. This quietness must not be underestimated. It fills the whole world somehow. There's a joy within you. There's a silence within you. There's a peace within you. There's a love flowing out of you that can fill the whole world, actually, without you feeling exhausted. But not if you're personal. So if I can put it in a nutshell, It is to transcend the limited personal identity that we have taken on. And it is not so innocent, because in living like this, we experience a very restricted form of love. We have love, but only for our friends, or for your little tribe, but not for anyone else. We have so much limitation, is there. Only when you are leaving one state and entering a higher state are you able to look back and evaluate the state you were in before. If you are only in a state, it becomes your world. And you think, there is nothing beyond my world. When you come out of it, you can see, wow, that was such a limitation. There are many for whom the time is coming to somehow leave, and many who are leaving largely, and some who have left, have transcended the influence of the psychological identity, and are free. They live in peace. Do they mean that they don't get sometimes some little trouble? No, that can come. Everything can come, but nothing will overwhelm you. It's not that with this great world you won't care, but largely you won't mind things. It's a big difference from being indifferent to something. There has to be some detachment, but it is a noble detachment. It is a wise detachment. It means that you are centred inside your own being, 
not in a selfish way, not in an ego, egocentric way, but in a very harmonious way. And when you remain in your harmony, uh, somehow that harmony, which is so missing in the mind of personhood, uh, helps the state of personhood to somehow resonate in harmony again. It works like that. Change doesn't come only through words. We are not here only to speak words, but to speak truth. Words by themselves are not true. When you recognise again your true place, you will have no fascination for the whole identity. When you are in the identity and thinking, oh, maybe I should at least offer this up or something, the identity might feel precious. It's like it gets dressed up, it looks so precious. But when you transcend, you see that, wow, that was such a delusion, actually. You are not becoming something else. In fact, all our life we have been living as something else, something other than who we truly are. In satsang is the waking room, actually, waking up from that understanding. Now, having said that to you, does it make any difference to you? Yes, like, like now I'm, I'm feeling much more spacious and yeah. watching from a distance. Yes. And like in satsang, um, it, it has been wiped away like yeah. before, but it seems as if um, when I'm leaving the hall and the I am often is like really strong. And it's just peaceful and quiet. Yes. But somehow um, it begins like really slowly. Yeah. And and if I'm there's not like the vigilance. Yeah. And I'm just pulled in. Yes. And, so let's go and, back to this I am state. Um, let's go back to the place I am. Does the I am relative to the I me? Which is the most stable? Yes. The I am is not itself uh, needing to be I am. It just is. That place of being, the kind of the capacity to witness without being pulled in, in the beginning, you maybe have to remember because there's a reflex to kind of go back into the position of the I person, because that's been a long-standing habit, isn't it? So in the beginning, uh, you feel very clear, empty and clean. It feels natural for you? Yes. Yeah. yes. Yeah. So that feels natural for you. Uh, do you have to do anything to keep it right now? No. no. So what happens is that gradually the mind stuff begins to sort of flow back in. I used to have a little pond in my garden, and uh, somebody gave me something called duckweed. So I know many of you know it. People who work with water, they know it. This tiny little, tiny little leaf, the f smallest leaf. Put it in the water, whoa, 
It grows very quickly with sunshine, and it spreads over the entire pond, and it looks like a mini golf course, basically. You know, you can't see any water; it's just completely covered. No, but if you throw a stone in it, ping, do all of that parts like this, and you can see the reflection of the sky. You can see little fishes swimming. Oh, it's so nice! But gradually, it starts to close up again. Close. Golf course. Okay? So, in a way, the mind is a bit like that. No? You see again that the energy of mind seems to be closing in. Okay? Closing, closing, closing. But you are the witness. You are the witness of this. You are experiencing this sense of closing upness, isn't it? Are you closed in? Are you in the box or are you outside? Outside. Yeah. Then, if you're outside, you cannot be trapped. The thing is, if you're not conscious of it, you're in you're itself feeling that you the mind coming. Oh, I've lost my awareness, and you're you're feeling like you're in the box. That is a thought, and it must be recognized. This is a thought. This is one of Maya's tricks again. I'm believing I'm so oh the mind is coming in. Oh it's like oh my god, I thought it was oh I thought we kicked that away. No, but it's coming in. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> what it means? Nothing at all. Except if you identify as the one who is trying to keep the mind away. If you see that as an image, as all images are perceived. From the imageless consciousness, and this you may have to sit with, and marinate in that seeing, and keep confirming it, and confirming, until your sleep is over. The more you stay with it, the greater your joy, because your peace remains uninterrupted. Your joy is not stifled, because you are not the one trapped in any box. But you must remember that. At a certain point, you are going to realise that all your life you have been dreaming. But you won't be angry about it. You will see, it is a marvellous, it is a marvellous play of life. I had to experience all these things, and somehow they are valid somehow for consciousness. It's not just a joke. It's like consciousness has to exercise its spiritual muscles of discernment in order to stay awake. After you are awake, there is still a dream. But at least you are awake in your dream. <coughs> but when? Is the freedom also 
freedom in waiting. In the light of what I'm sharing, is it freedom? I'm hoping one day I'll be free. And I'm saying, should I give you an arrangement to date for you? What is freedom? Is it bursting out of jail of the mind? Or is it possible that you may recognize what I am is here and it has always been free? But that's not just a thought. How will you know what is not a thought and what is a thought? Could it be that even the idea, yes, yeah, I've got to now I must do this and do that and so on, is also perceived that my mind is making this up. Because the mind seems to be always sending you on another journey. An another journey. Yes, you may be able to right now look and see actually from the place that I'm speaking, and I'm not speaking about a future place. The self is not waiting in the future while you are in the present, because it is timeless. If you can see, as you have said also, just by standing there, he hasn't done any spiritual gymnastics, okay? Just standing there, he says, I feel much lighter, I feel more empty. Where was your spiritual practice? Hmm? Listening and somehow applying your listening. Automatically. Automatically is happening. In the mind of the earnest one, it is happening. So what is it? What causes this freedom? Is it not your understanding and openness? Hmm? If you were resisting, because some people can even like now be It's fine. I mean, you're free to be free and you're free to be bound. I mean, I, that's not my business. I only point it out. You can see huh? that somehow, yes, 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 I can feel. You may say, yeah, sorry, Muji, I, while being here, I feel so much resistance coming up. That's fair enough. That's honest. I feel so much resistance, like something doesn't want to listen. Uh, yes. Uh, you know what I ask you to do? Confess it. Yeah, something is inside here. You just really don't want to listen at all to what you're saying. Yeah. Okay, you want to stay with him? Uh, no. But he won't go. I tell him go, and he's going. Hmm. <laughs> is it like this? Okay. But it is the beginning of an exposure and leading to freedom. You see. If you take sides with your feelings and start to feel, you know, yeah, yeah, I don't believe it, yeah, then uh, another day maybe, another time, another lifetime, whatever it takes. But if you can, I'm not even asking you to believe, I'm asking you to see. 
you have the capacity to look as you do. You must believe enough to say something brought me here, and I really feel and believe it seems possible that all this great thing about awakening, it can simply just be what it mean? Just you being yourself. Not the self of your ego, though, but finding that which is true within you. That's what enlightenment means. Awakening, self-realization, moksha, whatever you want to call it. It means to be free from the psychological hypnosis of personalized conditioning and wrong identity or limited identity, and to be free without cynicism. And to have a heart full of gratitude to the Supreme Lord of the Universe. So, are you empty or full right now? I wanted to ask this, that in simply being together like that, each one inside their own being, not even twinned with anybody inside your own being, following, listening, looking, not trying to become. I am not asking you to try to become anything at all. Simply to recognise. If you don't fall for the the old pattern or habit of just being who you were yesterday and blah, 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 but actually listen and to the place that I'm pointing and saying, Don't imagine. You don't need to imagine. You don't need to visualize anything at all. Not even making any effort of such, just following and looking. And what do you find? You see? And if you find whatever you find, you say emptiness and peace and so on, can it go away? This is, what, this is an important question now. I don't mind if I only speak with you today, but I'm speaking with Whoever can hear, you represent the whole world right now. Whoever can hear, then I am speaking with you. What you have found, did you create? Did you create? You see? And if you have found peace and emptiness, is it a disagreeable, an unpleasant or disappointing discovery? I'm not sure. No. I'm not asking you to answer. 
answer in any way do you think to please me? You must be pleased. You must be who you are, to say. Hmm? Then I'm asking, if you have not, I'm not asking you to make effort to balance the world or to become something else. Don't become anything at all. Don't even unbecome anything. Just look and tell me what is here. You see? And you say now you are discovering this peace, this great peace, this emptiness. And you are thirty years old. So where has it been all your life? Did it suddenly fly in from somewhere? From heaven it came? Where was it all this time? Where is peace? Where was it until you found it? Where has your true self been until you discover it? So this is what I am. Not trying to turn you into some person. You have no. We have. I've got no name to call you. The power of discernment that is already in you is sufficient to verify that what you are discovering in yourself is is it authentic or not. Key, don't imagine, don't create, just observe what is here and who put it here. Where is your anxieties, your fears? Where is your depressions? And, or, is it highly irresponsible to allow yourself to be perceiving as you are doing right now? Should you not be worried? Is it not a responsible thing to be worried and deeply grieved and concerned about life? Who is going to feed your children and who is going to do this kind of The one who makes all this takes care of all this. You have to come to that point where you will see life takes care of life, not in the way that your mind imagines. In the old uh, scriptures and in the Bible, also it say that. Uh, all the creation, all the creation was created before, before man was put there. Why man last? So that he doesn't think it's because of him that it exists, and that something took care and takes care of all these things, including him. But the mind 
and the, the imagined self is presenting other versions of yourself. But yourself is not a version. Other options, try this way, try this way, become this. Oh, you, can, you could be this, you could be that. The adventure of becoming. Well, the adventures and misadventures of becoming. Place next to the naturalness of being. That is the most simple. And yet it can be, for the psychological mind, the distance between heaven and earth. <clears throat> yet I wanted you to have a taste of that which is, which is synonymous with your own self. It is said in the Bible, no? Taste and see if the Lord is good. The silence that you experience and that's in you, did you construct? Did you create? The peace that is inside your heart. Did you create? And there's more to come. Say more today, not take any more questions for now. <clears throat> Thank you. If a room has been kept in darkness and we put on the light, the main light. I don't have to also add candles and other things to it. What is this light? I don't even know to say that we turned it on. It has always been there. In the same way that I can say, you can put your fingers up like this and use your fingernail to cover the sun. A thought deeply believed in can hide your intuitive recognition of what that which you are. Not in the same way, because this is objects. If I'm trying to hide this light, it's an object to me. The finger is also object. The eyes trying to see them is also object. How do you see the subject? That you can only be. We can only remove the false ideas about the subject or the pure self being hidden. It is not hidden. 
Does the sun know clouds and shadows? No, it doesn't. The idea we have of who we are is suffering from its own delusions. The idea we have of who we are is suffering from its own ideas. Watched from the idealless self, you must confirm. In your own time, you can do that. Sit and confirm. That would be using your time well here. If you find truth, not as an object apart from you, so effectively you find truth as your own self, it can never leave you. It never did. Ours is not a time for grieving or celebrating, and just resting in your own being. When you are at rest inside your own being, you don't have to control, observe and see that all things are flowing and unfolding in a harmony. Don't say, I'm going to do this slowly and I'm going to speed up in this one. Just remain in your natural state, and whatever is appropriate to the needs of the moment, observe that they unfold. It may take a little time to get into the flow, so to speak, or to let the flow flow.
But by and by, you see, you strike the correct balance. How many takes care of itself? So wide must your consciousness be, that even the sense of disharmony is contained in the great harmony. So don't worry. If you have it in you to have the sense of just handing yourself over, handing your affairs over to God, that will be good. If you feel, then please guide me, and uh, then He is already guiding you in so many ways. There is a silence in you that surpasses understanding. Surpasses every effort, every desire. Thank you, everyone, for today. Can we have some? We have something to look.
Just looking uh, this uh, from the Ashtavakra Gita, and there's a there's a, a topic here. It's titled Dispassion, and I think it's a short one. Let me see. There's one called dispassion or desire. Which one do you want? <laughs> and there's another one called stillness. Which one? <laughs> so dispassion, desire, stillness. Huh? What do you desire? Come on. Eh? Stillness? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Stillness. All things arise, suffer change, and pass away. This is their nature. When you know this, nothing perturbs you, nothing hurts you. You become still. It is easy. God made all things. There is only God. When you know this, desire melts away. Clinging to nothing, you become still. Sooner or later, fortune or misfortune may befall you. When you know this, you desire nothing, you grieve for nothing. Subduing the senses, you are happy. Whatever you do brings joy or sorrow, life or death. When you know this, you may act freely without attachment, for what is there to accomplish? All sorrow comes from fear, from nothing else. When you know this, you become free of it, and desire melts away. You become happy and still. I am not the body, nor is the body mine. I am awareness itself. When you know this, you have no thought for what you have done or left undone. You become one, perfect and indivisible. I am in all things, from Brahma to a blade of grass. When you know this, you have no thought for success or failure, or for mind's inconsistency. You are pure, you are still. The world, with all its wonders, is nothing. When you know this, desire melts away, for you are awareness itself. When you know in your heart that there is nothing else, you are still. Nice? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>